probably a good good theme, a kind of a, always an ongoing theme for some reflection is to kind of try and distill some core principles or some core qualities to bear in mind so that, you know, that they carry through from meditation into what one's doing in the rest of one's day. So it's going to kind of work through the whole field of, uh, you know, you know, when you're going into, into meditation practice or when you're speaking, acting, moving around, engaging in the world. And uh, what I'd offer is there are um, four qualities of right effort which actually are pertinent to all the, the way we cultivate. And these are, the four qualities are restraint, abandonment, which is to do with what's negative or obstructive, and cultivation, um, and guarding or preserving which is to do with whatever's positive and useful. So it's kind of, often in Dhamma teachings, you're not really, you're looking basically at structures to, to hold the mind rather than more topics to fill it. I mean, there are enough topics, we would have enough topics to be getting on with. These are more like um, how to manage, how to process, how to manage and steward what we're dealing with, both in terms of our thoughts, our emotions, input and so forth. So this really places the emphasis on the on on centering yourself, so that you're centering yourself in a quality of responsiveness and responsibility to both what you're putting out, what you're thinking, what what you're putting out into the world, what you're speaking about, and also what you're what you're choosing to pick up in terms of what you see, what you put your attention on. So the themes are restraint. Um, abandonment, cultivation and guarding or protection of what's skillful, what's useful, to sustain what's skillful. So with these, uh, you know, they're all essential and um, just even considering that means the, the onus or the centering of your life comes back to your own, your own mind rather than to just being in the external flow of things, you're actually looking at how you manage what's going on. Yeah. So very often our experience can be rather like a, a kind of a, a juggler or conjurer or juggler who's, who's juggling 14 different plates at the same time. And, uh, and you've got these plates you just kind of keep, keep going and you're wondering, has another plate suddenly appeared? There's 15, now there's 16, and now they're going in different directions. And you forget, actually, that the most important thing is not the plates, <laughs> but the juggler. <laughs> the juggler knows how to handle the plates and how to stop throwing new ones up into the air. Then you'll be able to be more centered. So if you keep adding more stuff to the mix and you can't actually handle what you've got going already, then sooner or later those plates will start crashing down on, on you. Yeah. So the sense of uh, first sense is restraint, which means you're getting a sense of checking, like how much stuff, how much more new stuff do you need to put in, either in terms of your own thinking, your own ideas, your own projects, or in terms of how much stuff you want to put in from externally. How many more sights and sounds and touches do you want to see? Do you want to take in? Uh, and just to kind of have that 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 necessary valve. 
if you don't have that valve then really it gets very difficult you get shredded you know because you tend to get flooded by whatever happens and also in the flooding from the external senses from sights, sounds, what you see on the media, television, computers, internet it's a vast ocean out there it's going to come flooding in and the, what happens is the mind easily gets overwhelmed the mind gets overwhelmed and therefore we go into a state of a kind of like a mild panic or not a mild panic but an extreme panic you know where one's just actually just, just ricocheting off of the, the impressions that are happening there's some sense of well how much do you need to see how much you need to take in and then that gives you the ability to be a bit more um, in touch with how much you need to put add how much you need to do how much more do you need to create so you know when there's less stuff coming in there's less stuff to think about there's less stuff to have to, have to deal with, there's less stuff to have to manage so your sense of management can become more astute like you've only got five pigs then your management can be a lot more skillful and, and in touch than if you've got 150 of them <laughs> just kind of fact so that then what becomes more important is not the, the things you deal with but how you're dealing with them and that's a very important key because you begin to from that you begin to understand how you can get a greater well-being which is not based upon how much stuff is happening but how well you're handling it you know, because the mind that handles things well itself feels comfortable, feels assured, feels confident it's not panicking, it's not overwhelmed so you, you transfer your sense of well-being from sights, sounds, touches and tastes and thoughts into the real skills of the heart, this, this mind is assured, this mind is skillful, this mind knows how to change gears, that mind knows how to to not pick up things it doesn't need to bother with so that this is the quality of restraint and it pays off because of course if you, if you have that kind of filter that kind of valve happening in the daytime during your day then when you come down to sit at night or in the morning or the evening whenever you do your meditation practice you've got a lo- lot less stuff a lot less plates start crashing down on you <laughs> yeah. and it's to do with restraint, it's to do with where you put your eyes where you, where, you, where you want to give the second thought to like stuff's happening, you give it one thought do you want to give it another thought? you know, things are happening, ok, right, I can deal with that I don't need to think about that anymore uh, fine, that's enough of that I, you know, you get a way of really being more more responsible about what you're bringing into your own realm and that's really the nub of, of liberation you're getting a handle on, on how you're going to deal with your life as an individual that's restraint and just to sort of skip over to cultivation it means because of that you begin to see the quality you need to cultivate because now you're handling less you see the, need, the underlying um, habits of the mind whether the mind is a mind that's fearful, anxious always looking for something to hang on to or the mind that's greedy that actually wants to indulge and be uh, infatuated with things the mind that's aversive tends to be critical and, and dismissive or the mind that's um, 
conf- doubtful, the mind that's always worrying, um, you know, is it this, is it that? So when you, so when you begin to limit how much you're taking on, you begin to see much more the underlying qualities, the underlying karma, the underlying um, um, intentional, volitional qualities of the mind itself. You kind of cl- you see the wood for the trees, if you see what I mean. You begin to get a clearer understanding of what's going on at home base. And that means you start to cultivate what you need to cultivate with, uh, in terms of kindness towards yourself and others, or in terms of firmness, one-pointedness, non-distractedness. You see, you see the, the, the things that need to be cultivated. But you don't get that unless you, unless you develop some restraint because you can't see the wood for the trees, there's too much stuff happening. So restraint and cultivation go together. Restraint is not a judgment, it's not a statement, this is bad, this is wrong, this is, this is naughty or anything, it's just saying, no, I, this is as much as I can really comfortably manage right now. Uh, check, put a check on that. There's no moral judgment about this. <laughs> it's just a, a, just a, a, a recogni- recognition of the of how much you want to actually process in terms of an hour or a day or a lifetime what's really worthwhile for you and then you begin to see when you cultivate well what particular things do I really want to um, lead with or encourage in my life so then you've got a chance when you've got a little more space to to bring up your own priorities, your own cultivation um, it can be, you know, the, probably one of the most fundamental cultivations is the cultivation of goodwill. And goodwill is always towards others as towards myself. If it's only towards myself, that's not goodwill, that's selfishness. If it's only goodwill towards others and not myself, that's not goodwill, that's, 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 um, <laughs> uh, that's giving yourself away, you know. This means you're always, and you get this kind of compassion fatigue because you're always looking after everybody else, you never look after yourself. So it's imbalanced. And goodwill that only concerns itself with other people tends towards worry. Goodwill that only concerns itself towards yourself tends towards greed and selfishness. So you've got to actually, you only find that prop, proper balance of goodwill when it's towards others as to myself because you're creating a kind of a, a sphere a sense of a domain of may there be no harm no violence, no abuse here towards myself or towards others in terms of speech or thought um, and that's really really a very fundamental um, quality to establish when you do that, when you establish that in a day because in the daytime you're going to be, you need to kind of get a, a tone, you know, a real tone, a, a, a keynote tone to, to get through your day with. And then when you come back to your meditation you have the sense of today you've got something, some, some beautiful tone of mind that you can, you can rest in. You can rest in the sense of benevolence and goodwill, which is perhaps the most comforting quality that, we, that our hearts can rest in. Um, and you get a sense of what intention is you know, this, this continual movement it means there's all kinds of things going all kinds of 
micro decisions and micro activities but the fundamental over, overriding direction is towards goodwill so when you're driving towards New York or Detroit that's where you're going and you've got to be aware of the gas and the gas stations and the other cars on the road but your main point is you're going in that direction and the other things are kind of fitting in with that <laughs> you don't go off the highway in order to, to get your, your gas somewhere else <laughs> And so it helps to, that kind of quality of cultivation helps you to, again, to filter out. If you can't do something with goodwill, is it worth doing? <laughs> You're doing something with a sense of guilt, obligation, crankiness, whatever. Is it really worth doing? You know? yeah. Another quality is to ab- abandon. You begin to see... Um, when you start to cultivate, you begin to see from that, that twofold principle of restraint and cultivation, you begin to see what, um, what intentions, what volitional qualities, what mood, what impulse moods do I need to just really let go of completely. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, ill will, for example, hostility, violence, abuse. Um, and you begin to see this, this how these um, need to be really abandoned and they need to be abandoned by, by cultivation because cultivation takes you right into the, the roots of the mind if you try to cultivate it by just saying you shouldn't have it you shouldn't have ill will or you shouldn't uh, then that just sets another cap or set some, some other intention on top of the ones you've already got so you've got a conflict because you know you shouldn't feel that way but you do feel that way <laughs> so to, to abandon you have to cultivate you've got to go deeply, fully into the, into the very nerves that are to do with ill will and mostly it's about fear you know, any creature that gets frightened gets, gets aggressive you know, fear um, fear of losing, fear of loss, fear of others, we start to get snappy and angry. So when you start to look into your own um, underlying um, qualities of mind, then you get into where, where your reactions really happen. A lot of stuff is kind of out of control. Uh, you must bear in mind that almost nobody does bad. Almost nobody goes out and thinks, I'm going to do some bad today. Everybody goes out and thinking, well, I'm going to do what's right or proper. And this guy's getting in my way. What an idiot. (laughs) Everybody goes out with that idea that they know what's right. And they can do what's right. And uh, other people are the problem. So so it's it's latent ill will. So if you really want to understand the roots of your own mind, start to look at other people other people will tell you what your own mind is like because when you start calling other people idiots or fools then you know what your own mind is like (laughs) when you start seeing other people are better than I am you know what your own mind is like your tendency towards you know lower self esteem when you start to think other people are worse than you are then you know what your own mind is like so the world becomes a very good reflection from the root basic qualities of your own mind. When you don't know what other people are like, that's good. 
that means your mind is open and you, when you start to realize other people are like me you know, they, they, they have a quality of that which is unknown and they also have a lot of compulsions and a lot of habits then you start to experience a sense of compassion like me you know. and just use that, use that phrase cultivate, use that phrase for abandoning this kind of self-isolation you know, like me, you know, people in other countries are like me, you know, people in other, other ways of life are like me, you know, people in jail are like me, <laughs> people in politics are like me, you know, they also have fear, worry, aversion, trying to do what's right, getting it wrong, making mistakes, feeling hurt, feeling confused, all this kind of stuff, like me. And then you, you really find your, your, your sense of being in the world is one much more of compassion and kindness and equanimity than judgment and blame and criticism and, and you feeling burdened by everybody else. So you start to abandon these uh, unskillful habits. And then you guard. Guarding is the fourth kind of effort. It's to protect. It means whatever good you have, you don't blow it you don't uh, throw it away, you don't lose it so you notice where your mind starts to settle and feel comfortable, you notice that you notice the kind of, and you start to investigate you notice the kind of conditions um, that were present when you started to feel comfortable maybe you just were less pressurized maybe you just were more honest maybe you're a little more humble maybe you're a little more generous, you start to notice the conditions which gave rise to that feeling of peacefulness or harmony and you, you note that and you say you don't, you know, okay those are the things you want to take care of those qualities you want to take care of you know? and you guard your mind against those places where you get touchy where, you're, where, you're, where your hot spots are you say don't go there you know? that's where you start getting in trouble, don't go down that way don't go to that, that place where you start gossiping about other people you know because that's, that's a really fun place to go in, <laughs> in a way you know somebody starts talking about gossiping about other people and then you want to get in there and, and then you do that for an hour and you, what does your mind feel like you know and you realise that, that they can be gossiping about you <laughs> next day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you don't do that you know so you, you kind of recognise uh, guard yourself against because a lot of these unskillful habits have got a certain superficial dazzle to them superficial kind of ease or gratification and that's, that's the, they have a sting in their tails so you look at the conditions where you get seduced where you get captured you know, by fast foods or fast, it's always the fast and the instant <laughs> <laughs> the quick remark and the, the don't bother about this and the, it doesn't really matter and everybody does this anyway and those kind of casual things I find are really uh, where a lot of you know, unskillful habits start to occur someone is, is on protective and guarding because the, you start to see the most important thing to guard is your own composure and well-being if you do that then by itself, you know, everything else is going to start to blossom. If you keep doing, if you 
don't notice that the likelihood is you just have these one-off miraculous pieces of harmony and peace and then you kind of lose it again so it's important to notice um, and sometimes that you realize it's not really dependent upon upon a meditation sitting or being on your own sometimes it can be like that when you're other people when you're busy doing things you can feel that same state you can feel some you can feel yourself coming to harmony in that state so with that you recognize these qualities are not really dependent upon outward appearances of practice or meditation or religion or anything like that they're dependent upon really studying and understanding your own quality of intention and attention what you're attending to in any given situation what you're attending to and most important what your basic intention is and that's where you start to really get your life gets very simple you see that it all boils down to intention you know what you're bringing forth where where your direction you're going in and attention what you're lingering in what you're letting your mind rest on and when you get that you know that you've only really got two plates to to toss up in the air and handle and then it's a lot life's going to get a lot easier like that Mm.